Hey everybody, welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. And this is part 52 of our 3,726 part series wherein we pick a movie at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do some research, and then tell you what we thought and learned. We have uh, one major rule for this podcast. We are honor-bound to watch whatever movie we select, as long as neither of us have ever seen it before. There are a couple other rules we'll invoke as needed. That's the only one you need to keep in mind. Our honor is on the line. Our Maybe. honor. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start to care less about the value of your honor as you get older. It's like, yeah, yeah well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, or I do. I, don't, I can't presume to speak for you. I've got so much more honor. <laughs> you do, yeah, because I'm just like, I, f- I fritter it away. I'm just like, I don't yeah. care about that. Anyway. Whereas I'm hoarding honor. Yeah, like a like a honor dragon. Yeah, I'm just like sitting on a pile of honor. Yeah, so honorable. It's so shiny. The honorable Tara. That's that's yeah. how we have to refer to you, because you're a judge. Anyway, uh, it is my turn to pick a movie, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get something better than the movie we had last episode, The Hunted. Which was not too good. It's not our favorite. Yeah. And uh, apologies to the coworker who I talked to about it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I love that movie." Oh, that's uh. Oh well. Well, <laughs> what are you gonna do? I defended my honor. You, okay, good. <laughs> it's still intact. That, that's all this is gonna be. It's just <laughs> focusing on saving Tara's honor is the the main goal of this podcast from here on out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you know. We need to start coming up with a measurement. Well, you know, like if if you disagree with our our opinions on movies, it's fine. Reviews are always subjective. We just you oh know, yeah, for sure. If you if you listen to our podcast, if you've listened to enough episodes, you get an idea of where we're coming from. So you just have to factor that into your own feelings about movies. If, if stuff that we care about doesn't bother you, then you may have different opinions on. Yeah, that's right. You do the work. Yeah. You, we did like, our work. This is enough work as it is. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've done our work. You do yours. Now you do yours. Yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, it is is my turn to pick. So Tara will start flipping through the guide. Close your eyes. My eyes are closed. Stop. We are watching Ken Park. Oh, you've heard about it. I've heard about it. All right, Ken Park is a movie that was directed by Larry Clark and Edward Bachman, I guess. Came out in 2002. And here's how the guy describes it. Ken Park blows his brains out in a skate park in the first five minutes of the movie. What's left is the story of his friends and their terminally fucked up lives. Written by Harmony Kerm before he wrote Kids, Ken Park is similar, but with more sex, drugs, violence, and a bit more narrative. Cool. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Corinne's anti-story is about the implosion of these kids' lives and the nothingness at their center. Crossing the line from provocative to exploitative without looking back, the film contains such scenes, oh no, as a father performing oral sex on his son, a kid murdering his sleeping grandparents, and a boy masturbating while strangling himself. The entire film lies somewhere between child pornography... An important art dealing with the struggles of contemporary youth. It constantly asks whether any of this misery is necessary, doesn't provide any insight, and is not really a cautionary tale. It just presents the facts, lets us know the characters, and leaves it at that. Fuck. Uh, this. (laughs) Cool. Do do, do you want me to pick a new movie? No. Okay. We are on our bound. We're on our bound. I, I went and gave you so much shit about my honor. Yeah. That, what a setup that would have been. Yeah. 
Holy crap. No. Yeah. yeah um, no, of course we're going to watch it. We're, we're going to watch it. This and we're going to have something really great ready to watch immediately after. Yeah, something to, to restore our faith in humanity. Yeah. Uh, this, this falls into the category of, like, Cannibal Holocaust, uh, Pink Flamingos, where, like, we, at least I knew about this movie, and had not yeah. seen it for a good reason, because yeah. it sounded very unpleasant. Yeah, I mean, Kids is already... Uh, pretty rough. Pretty rough. Even now, it's like, how old is Kids? It's oh, like... Oh, fuck. It's 25, like, probably, years old? Probably more than 25 at this point. Yeah. And this sounds... Even worse in some ways. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we've uh, done our calibration already, just inadvertently. Right, yeah. I think, I, think, I think my calibration was obvious as I read through the guide's description. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not necessarily looking forward to it because it's going to be very unpleasant. And I'm, I don't know if I've talked about it, but like I, I definitely am an empathetic person. And so it's hard for me to watch things and not feel some sort of, like, empathy or, or put some of, like, oh, oh, my God, how would I feel if I, this was happening to me, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I do a lot of that, and uh, that's where it's really, yeah, I have a hard time disconnecting, so. Well, I'm sorry. In advance, I apologize. <laughs> you, you've got nothing to apologize for. Uh, well, except for the fact that you picked uh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It. it is my fault. It is your fault. And now I have to figure out, uh, I have the whole trip to Scarecrow to figure out what movie I'm going to pick to try to counterbalance it. And I take it up to the counter. That's what I try to do. I'm just like... Oh my god, you're going to just be getting like... Some kids movie. No, because that is going to... That, that would be fucked up. Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. Yeah. So I'll, oh boy, I'll that's a it. That's a messy sandwich that yeah. you've got to eat. Yep. <laughs> all right so uh, we will be back after this maybe, maybe sandwich is the uh, unit of measure for honor <laughs> how many sandwiches of honor do i have <laughs> you're you're eating your sandwich so you're losing your own like, like i have so few sandwiches of yeah. honor left i mean yeah. really so oh, God. uh yeah we will be back with our thoughts on ken park god help us uh, after this musical interlude oh boy oh boy sweetie Okay, everybody, we're back. We're back. Uh, I'm already tired of thinking about this movie, and we haven't even started talking about it in detail yet. Ken Park. We watched it. We watched it. We so you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> uh, well, let's, well, that being said, let's just do our rating right now, why don't we? Yeah, why don't we? So, as always, we rate movies on a five-point scale. Uh, in order from worst to best, they go... Don't watch, maybe don't watch, eh, maybe watch, and don't not watch. So, you got a rating in mind, I, I take it? I, I do. Same here, okay. so let's go ahead and reveal on the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. Don't, don't not watch. watch. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a don't watch as well. Uh, yeah. Not, not a don't not watch. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny, this isn't getting convoluted at all, is it? Uh, <sighs> with the, these uh, ratings, no, no. Um, funny, funny joke. Thank you for that. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's a solid don't watch for me as well. Yeah. <sighs> so I, I will say that I was not as horrified by it no, as I expected for sure. to be. For sure. But at the same time, it really doesn't have anything to offer no, to make like, up for the gross bits. Right. It's. I think the best thing I can say about it is that it, it's shot competently. Uh, and that's uh, it. Yeah. Um, like, I really... Ooh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something else. And I do not mean that in a positive light. Right. So we're going to try to do, I guess, a lightning round uh, version of going through the, the plot. We'll see. For multiple reasons. Yeah. Uh, first off, because... You know, there's things that happen, but it's not like there's... It's a super, super plot-heavy movie to begin with. Um, and also just because we want to get through this as quickly as possible. Yes. So... Uh, <laughs> For our sakes and yours. Yeah, yeah. So... So without further ado, um, the movie opens up with a skateboarder uh, named Ken Park sitting down in a skate park after rolling around a bit. And he's kind of sitting there smiling, and he shoots himself in the head. We're off to a great start. Great, great start. Great yes. start. So then uh, a different teenager, a boy named Sean, takes over narration, and he introduces himself, um, as well as the other teenagers that we're going to be following throughout the movie. So a guy named Claude, uh, a girl named Peaches, and another uh, guy named Tate. So first off, we're watching Sean as he goes over to a house and uh, starts having, initiating a sexual encounter with um, a mother of another teenager. We later find out it's his girlfriend's mom. So they sleep together. It's a pretty drawn out scene and she's calling him a good boy all the time. Yeah. Super gross. And that's over, like, several scenes cutting back and forth between the different characters, so it doesn't all happen at once, it's just drawn out. Yeah. Agonizingly drawn out, like a lot of things in the movie are. Right. Uh, so they have sex, and then, like, kind of at the end of their encounter, you can tell the woman is feeling a little sad. I think it's supposed to indicate that she's missing her youth, because there's this whole conversation where Sean is comparing sex between her and her daughter which is super disgusting um when you think about it for half for like the the anyway any way you look at it it's a super gross conversation yep so they finish their encounter uh next up we we see claude he's a skateboarder also he's spotting his dad while he's lifting weights and his dad uh, is, like, asking Claude if he wants to lift weights. He'll spot him. Or you, do you want to toss a ball around or something? And Claude's like, nah, I just want to go skateboard. And his dad's like, well, you're not masculine enough. And I'm ashamed of you. And right. Stop skateboarding. Yeah. So next up, we meet Peaches, who's um, a teenage girl whose mother passed away. And she's living with. Uh, her single dad, who's uh, super religious, and um, so they're talking, and Peaches says that this boy's coming over from Bible study, whatever. And that's that. That's that. So then uh, we see Tate hanging out in his bedroom, and he's 
yelling at his three-legged dog because he's barking for attention. Yeah. And uh, he's pissed at the dog because he's quote-unquote working, which I should mention his work entails him taking photos of starving African kids and assigning them stupid names. Yeah. And then writing them in Sharpie above their heads. Yeah. Very important work. Very important work that he's doing here. He goes over and he, like, kicks his dog. His grandmother comes in trying to give him a sandwich or something, and he yells at her, calling her all kinds of horrible names when she's just trying to give him a sandwich and being a, a very, very polite grandmother. Yeah. And she just lets him do this and uh, leaves the room. And so... So those are that's our cast of the, characters, the, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there's... Scenes of Sean having sex with his girlfriend's mom, and then uh, we see Claude clipping his mom's toenails, and then... Mom's heavily pregnant. Yes, and then later he's outside his house skateboarding, just like out in front of his house, and his dad gets mad and goes out there and like smashes the skateboard because it's too noisy or whatever. And so the boy comes over that Peaches had invited to her house, and like she's eating lunch with him and her dad. And they're just talking, like, I don't even... I... It just seems like it's a so it's like a, a whatever polite conversation, yeah. and, like, the dad and the, the boy are sort of bonding mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah, so it, it, they're getting along fine, just a normal lunchtime conversation, nothing special, and then it cuts back to Tate playing Scrabble with his grandparents, and his... <laughs> uh, like, in the one kind of entertaining scene in the movie, I would yes, say. Yes. Like, he, he flips out because his grandfather is cheating at Scrabble. He, like, he tries to use the word sippy, which he claims... S-I-P-I. S-I-P-I, which he claims is, like, a medical term meaning below the hip or something. Yeah. And, and so Tate flips out and, like, is like, you're disqualified. Tate gets 110 points, Grandma gets 49, and Grandpa is disqualified for being a cheater and, like, storms out of the the house and then he's like sitting <laughs> on the sidewalk talking to some neighborhood girls who are skipping rope and, and stuff and like it's pretty much the only time we see him not being a total piece of shit yeah. or uh like just him talking to the neighborhood girls and shows some humanity right that was like the the weirdest thing for me about his character yeah it's like he's completely um Horrible? Horrible. He's like, he's essentially a psychopath. Yeah. Um, or a psychopath in the making is what it seems like, except he can go out and skip rope with these girls who are younger than him and be like, totally fine with them. Like wanting to go to their talent show or whatever. Yeah. yeah so. What the fuck? He's a land of many contrasts, I guess. <laughs> he's a land of two contrasts. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And then the, just like I said before, there's multiple scenes of like Sean and his girlfriend's mom having sex. So we get another scene of that and they're just like laying there talking. And yeah, I think that's the point at which he, oh, they, yeah. they talk about like how, how her daughter compares to her when they're, they're doing sex, when they're doing sex. When, they're, when, when sex is being done yeah. and how he sometimes thinks of the mom while he's having sex with his girlfriend and how he's, like, jealous of, of her husband and wants to come over and, like, bring her back to his bedroom, which is, like, every woman's dream to be taken back to some 15-year-old boy's bedroom, <laughs> yeah, some I'm sure. Greasy. greasy skateboarding 15-year-old boy. Wait like, until she sees my Church of Skating poster ugh. that I've got. Um, it's so disgusting. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how 
his girlfriend's mom like took a look at him and was like, hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a delectable that, dish. <laughs> yeah, like that's uh, that's very attractive to me for some reason. Like, no. He's, no, 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 look, no, no, no. He looks like a skateboarding dirtbag. Like, yeah, she's there's something not right with her. And I say skateboarding dirtbag as somebody who was like into like skate videos and like skate punk when I was in my early 20s. So it's like, I'm not you know denigrating denigrating uh like skaters or whatever but it's just like no there's no realistic situation in which that would actually happen that i can uh well i mean you do hear about the women who have sex with I mean, students I, or whatever da, 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 da. but this particular kid like he just yeah. looks like a gross kid i just can't see the <laughs> sure the appeal is what, yeah what he does <laughs> she could do better if she was looking for uh, 15 yeah, is what yeah. i'm saying so now we go back to Claude's house, and it's in the evening. Claude's mom and dad are hanging out on the couch watching Jerry Springer. Watching it as if it's not like it's a spectacle. They're just like... Right. They maybe identify with it more than maybe. not. Yeah. So they'd start talking about Claude at some point. And his dad's like, oh, he's, he's not a man. Blah, 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 blah. And Claude's like, oh, he's my sensitive boy. Right. Uh it's, he's fine. And like, that's that. And he said, he'll, at some point he's like, you look so much like Claude. Oh, yeah, that is so gross. Yeah. You you, you two look so much alike. Which yeah. is not untrue. Yeah. They both have really short brown hair and have similar, kind of similar facial features, features and similar slight builds or whatever. Right. Weird. His dad looks a lot like James Gandolfini so also. So much like, so that like, we were like, is I had this to look him? it up to make sure that it wasn't. It's, and it's not. It's some guy, uh, Wade Williams, I think, is the, the actor that plays his dad. But like, Yeah, he for, just looks like James Gandolfini with a bit of a tooth gap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, did James Gandolfini like, act in a, in a Larry Clark movie and I did not realize? or But no. No, but Claude's mom is Amanda Plummer, who's been in quite a few things. So it's not outside the realm, the realm possibility. of possibility. I think she was, like, the most... Well, apart from Tate, like, Tate ended up being in movies later, like, more movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, in terms of names in this movie, pretty much everybody was, I think, unknown. Anyway, beside the point. Uh, so we see Claude hanging out with some buddies, getting high, and he's complaining about his parents and, like, how he's thinking about just... Getting out of there. One of the kids says, I left my house and it's all right, but I do miss having family dinners and this and that. Kind of wish I hadn't. So there's that. Uh, Peach's dad goes to visit his wife's grave, which he apparently does every day. And in the uh, meantime, Peaches is at home with the boy who came to lunch. And um, she's like initiating sex with him. Tying him up to her Yeah, bed. ties him up to the bed and is, like, into sort of, like, dominating him or whatever. And um, while they're getting it on, Peach's dad arrives home and is, like, trying to find her. And then he comes up and, and discovers them in bed together. And he flips the fuck out, pulls Peaches off of the, gu- um, the guy, and then beats the crap out of him. Yeah. Like, to the point where I thought he was gonna, like, kill the kid. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. Uh, apparently he gets out of there fine, I, I assume. Yeah, well... We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Maybe we don't see he, him. We don't see him again for the rest of the movie, yeah. so maybe he's buried out in the backyard. We, we really don't know. The corpse tied to Peach's bed still, possibly. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and then the next scene, uh, we cut back to Tate, and he's hanging out in his bedroom watching tennis on the television. 
and he's getting aroused by the grunts. And uh, as Andrew wrote in the notes, he does the funky Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, which is uh, how Bojack Horseman refers to... Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, because you just hang there and shoot webs. Yeah, so that's basically <laughs> it. Um, we see him tie something around his doorknob and around his neck and he fully gets off like we fully see this happen yeah lengthy lengthy the whole thing and then there's a shot where it's just focused on his member uh with you know hanging hanging down yeah so it's like yeah, he wanted to linger on that shot, huh? Yeah, he, like, really, really lingers on it. Yeah. It's, you know what, I... <sighs> we'll, we'll be getting into that in a yeah, little Yeah, we'll bit. be getting into that later. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so from there we cut to Claude's dad and his dad's friend driving around town, and they're both drinking a bunch and looking for sex workers to pick up, and they, like, pull over and talk to one of them, find out, like, what she's charging for, like, a hand job and for oral sex, and... The, then Claude's dad drives off. She's like, she's, she's gross. And that's so. He's like saying that she's on drugs, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so he drops his friend off at, at his friend's house and then he goes home and he's still drinking and he's uh, peeing in the toilet and drinking at the same time. And then. And, and we fully see him pee. Yeah. So by the way. good, uh, good Great. shot of that again. Like, and I mean, to be fair, we do see like in, in cinema, in, in cinema, we see a lot of cinema. Shots, we see a lot of shots of like women's, you know, boobs and whatever. So to show a men's penis is, I think, it, it's equitable in a yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's not the fact that we're seeing a penis right. that is is gross. Is gross for right. the record, or that bodily functions are gross or anything like that. It's just right. like we really see this guy peeing for a while. Yeah, it's. Uh, just, it seems unnecessarily long to linger on the shot like right, it is. Right, right. And then his dad is, like, looking at the pictures of, of Claude that's on the wall, and then he goes into Claude's bedroom and, like, lays down next to him and then starts fondling him and, and tries to do, uh, perform oral sex do on him. Do a blow. Do a blowy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Claude, who's asleep, Claude wakes up and he shoves his dad away, and, and then his dad is like, nobody loves me, and it's like, God, I can't understand why that is. You've I just, wonder. You've been portrayed in such a, a sympathetic light. It's like such a lovable character. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, adding to that, like, the dad, he was, we find out when Claude is smoking pot with his skateboarding friends, that Claude's dad was fired, like, months ago and doesn't, he's, like, not trying to find a job or anything. He's just sitting around all the time. Which is, like, cool with a heavily pregnant wife and a teenage boy. Yeah. Not saying that the the, the wife doesn't work or can't work or anything like that. Or, or the, um, I mean, not she's, trying to... She's pretty pregnant, so she's probably not and it's about to be working right there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is yeah. like, it, I'm not trying to project, like, traditional whatever gender roles on them, but she is very pregnant and dude should be trying to have a job. Yeah. Yeah, given given the circumstances, yeah. uh, most people would probably be trying to find a job in, yes. if they were in yes. that situation. We cut back to Peach's house, and it's a pretty gross scene of her dad berating her, like citing passages from, from the Bible that we'd seen him 
reading earlier in the movie about like women being harlots and whatever. So it's like, oh, that is what passes for foreshadowing in this movie. Was that he was looking at that earlier in the film, and now he's he's quoting it to her. That's uh, pretty lazy, but anyway. Um, so he's he's yelling at her, telling her how horrible she is for for having sex with this boy, and then he uh, gets married to her. He performs the ceremony himself, and it's real fucking gross and creepy. Super creepy. And uh, yeah. It's just like they like he makes they're both dressed up in white and like right. he's wearing the um I forget the name of the shirt but like the traditional Filipino white shirt that's like kind of transparent ish mm-hmm. that is the traditional wedding attire yeah and she's in a full on dress and everything and, and like, like wedding dress and mm-hmm. and you insert like that she has to kiss him yeah. At the end, and she's just, like, crying and not happy. Yeah, and then, like... Understandably, very understandably. Right, right. And the camera pans down, and we see that she's, like, wearing a wedding ring, and it's just like, ugh. So gross. Gross. Uh, I I think that's a good, just, general summation of of the movie, but uh, do you want to wrap things up? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Oh, fuck. So, next we see Tate kind of splattered in blood talking into um, a recorder. He's recording um, audio describing how he killed his grandparents. So he explains that he killed his grandfather for being a cheat and his grandmother for not respecting his privacy. Cool. Um. <laughs> then we get a flashback of him killing them. Yeah, we get a flashback of, of him actually doing the job and his grandmother is trying to say... Like, I love you, grandson. I love you, Tate, or whatever. Yeah, like he, he kills the grandfather first, yeah. stabs him in the neck, and then the grandmother wakes up and tries to say, like, I love you, and then he, he stabs her. And yeah. yeah, and eventually um, the cops come for him. <laughs> yep. So now we move over to back to Claude's house, and he's packing up his bag, and his mom's trying to guilt trip him into staying. And Claude's like, why would I? Dad is fucked up. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm leaving. Uh, so then we pan to Sean, who is having a really, really awkward dinner with his girlfriend and her family. So the mom he's fucking, and the dad who doesn't know, and then like the little girl. Which I don't think I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the movie when Sean shows up to have sex with his girlfriend's mom. Their young daughter, who's like, I don't know, maybe five, five or something, yeah. is like watching softcore porn, essentially. Right. Just like sitting there, and it's just like a bunch of butts. Yeah. butts. Yeah. Like, that's all that's on the screen. Yeah. Just like, butts moving around. Yep. <laughs> so, awkward family dinner. And then we cut to a lengthy three-way scene. Uh, I'm not sure where this is and how these three teenagers have this house to themselves for yeah. this long period of time. But right. essentially we see uh, Sean, Claude, and Peaches all having a lot of sex yeah. around the house. And one of them talks about like how um, there should be this utopia where they can go and all they have to do is like have sex whenever they want with... Without any shame. Like and he blah, read blah, a blah. he read a book about some society where oh, they yeah. figured out how to have sex like fifteen without, times a day. Without and, getting pregnant. Right. 
It's like, oh, God. And so they just have sex and... Yeah, and, for a uh, long time. For a long time. Very, like, very explicitly. Very explicitly. Lots of close-ups of different areas. Um, very, very long scene. Like, yeah. and, and it's it's trying to depict it happening over a, a course of time. So they're, like, going into different parts of the house and, like, different configurations. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. We're not prudes. No. <laughs> like, the fact that these are supposed to be underage kids, you know, the actors, I'm sure, were 18. But yeah, I, I think that all the, the actors were 18. And all the sex was simulated. I saw something, like, Larry Clark claimed that all the sex was simulated. But, which, uh, it looks pretty fucking real. Well, definitely when there are, like, fingers in, uh, touching certain areas. Yeah. And you're, you're full on seeing things happen. Yeah. Like, that can't really be, I don't know. It's not like he was using CGI. Right. So some things uh, apparently were simulated. Other aspects of it clearly couldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, um, not, not without the kind of budget that I seriously doubt this movie had. This movie had, yeah. Right. For real. Um, so we see the three of them in a rare moment not having sex. <laughs> <laughs> where they're, um, they're playing 20 questions, essentially, trying to think of somebody. I think it's Sean is the one who knows... Yeah. Who he has in mind, and so Claude and Peaches are guessing, and then eventually they find out that Sean was thinking of Ken Park. So, hearkening back to the very first scene of the movie, so we find out Sean is describing how Ken Park found out his girlfriend was pregnant, and so they were hanging out, and the girlfriend's like, um, I don't know that I can kill the baby, I don't want to be no baby killer... And she asks Ken how he'd feel if he'd been aborted. And then he sits there and thinks, and he's like, hmm, I guess actually I don't want to be alive. So that's when he goes and kills himself. The uh, end. The end. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That, that's enough. Fucking. Yeah. We definitely didn't need anything more. Yeah. Uh... Uh, except maybe something that actually has a purpose. <laughs> yeah. First, let me say that like when I when I went to go rent the movie, I, I get to Scarecrow and I'm, I'm looking it up to find out where it is in the store, and it's like, oh, it's in the drama section, and oh, and it's uh, a Russian version of the DVD, like an uncensored Russian version of the the film. I'm like, okay, Russian DVD copy of that. That's the only copy they have of this movie. Oh uh, yeah. Uh yeah. Because it's banned. Well, that's not why there's <laughs> why it's not available out here. There's no American release of it. And yeah. There's no American release apparently because of music licensing rights. Oh, that's why. Yeah, like and okay. And for, for such shitty, there's like almost no music in the movie. There's like shitty skate punk at the beginning and end of it. I think. Yeah. And it's like that's what held this movie back from getting properly released. Two shitty skate punk songs, of, of all things, to prevent it from being released <laughs> in America. That that's what it was. But yeah, that's why we had to rely on a Russian version of, of the film. And a couple of times when we were watching it, the DVD just locked up and we're like, oh no. Oh no, we oh, can't finish this, huh? Oh no, well, that's, uh, that's what are we too gonna bad. Do? But uh, it just was like a brief hiccup in the, the DVD. And so we were able to watch the movie to completion, rest assured. So the banning of the movie, I guess the, the big one that comes up a lot when you try to find information about the film is that it was banned in Australia and removed from the Sydney Film Festival when it was set to be shown there. And like I was reading up on the process for how it was denied the classifications, like because it, it was denied 
even like an, an R rating or an X rating because of the depictions of sex with underage characters. Yeah. And uh, so like Australia is like, no, we can't even give this an X because that violates our ruling for what would be acceptable under an X rating even. So it just has to be unclassified. And if it's unclassified, then we can't show it in theaters. And if it's apparently when the distribution company applied for it to be shown in Australia, they, they didn't apply in a way that would allow it to be shown at festivals either. So the fact that it was prevented from being shown in theaters just meant that they were even more screwed when they tried to show it at the festival. Because normally there's exceptions for festival showings of movies, apparently, even if they're not classified. But it's getting into all the, the whole Australia <laughs> ratings thing, which is yeah. very interesting, I'm sure, to everybody. But it's like, it's, it's there's a lot of furor in Australia over the movie being shown. Not not so much really anywhere else. Like, it was... yeah. Yeah, not really. That I could tell anyway. Yeah. Um, don't watch it. It would be our advice. I, I don't know. Should we talk more about why Yeah, we uh, don't think people should watch it? Yeah. And again, going back to, so we, we're not prudes. It's not because there's sex scenes that are not always simulated or maybe were or were not simulated and are lengthy. Um, <laughs> and, and we're not saying that it should be censored either. Like, it, it should be available for people to watch it if they want to. We're right, just saying right. that, like, we would probably recommend against it since it, we didn't think it was... A great movie. Yeah, there, there weren't really many merits to it. Yeah. There, there's a couple of things, but we'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The way that Larry Clark lingers on shots, like, of Tate's autoerotic asphyxiation scene. Yeah. Just... All of the sex scenes. There's a lot of lingering yeah. on these kids. And it reminds me of, like, uh, the other room. Because it's like, sex scenes are fine, but there's so many of them in this movie and in the room. The room is especially gross because it's a lot of Tommy Wiseau's ass that you're yeah. looking at. But it, it's just, like, so needlessly long and just... It's, like, multiple minutes. Several times. Several times. And these are all meant to be underage kids. Yeah. I mean, obviously the actors had to have been 18 and over, but... but it, it's just, it's <sighs> skeezy. It's, it's just, very skeezy. We we watched uh, an interview with Larry Clark, and I read a couple of interviews with him, and he, he's trying to make the point about how the movie is about how adults are taking what they need from these kids, and the kids aren't getting anything like what they need from the adults and how the the whole the scene at the end is like supposed to be them showing the kids like getting what they need from one another and it's this supposed to be uplifting scene and yeah like oh the kids will be fine they have each other sort of thing <clears throat> yeah i'm like mm, I, don't, nah. I don't know if they're gonna be fine necessarily they, they might have a moment of brief reprieve from the hell that is their lives in, in this yeah but uh I don't know that it's indicative of them being okay in the end, necessarily. And and Larry Clark, in my opinion, he's trying to justify his movie making by saying he's telling stories that need to be told, and, and he's just simply telling them. And If people made movies or were showing these stories, then I wouldn't have to make them myself. And it's like... Sure, there's, I think, validity in telling stories of abuses that happen within families or between adults and children or this, that, the other. But there is a huge difference in telling us the story and doing it in an exploitative way. So he's trying to make it as realistic as possible. Fine. 
again, why do you have to linger as long? And it's he's saying it's not trying to be shocking. But why is there a scene of autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah. Because like, it's just the the teenager by himself. Yeah, like it, it adds nothing to... The movie. To, or to the idea of like these adults taking advantage right. of the kids. Like it doesn't tie into that at all. It's yes. in there deliberately just to be shocking. And, and it's effective in that sense because it, like I, I didn't really pick up on the theme that he's trying to express because I'm just like, man, this is just a gross fucking movie. Gross and sad. Yeah, and... Uh, it's important, like Tara said, to have these stories be depicted because there, there's value in having the representative. And, and for people who've, <clears throat> who've experienced these traumas to be able to know you're not alone because these these kinds of things can be so isolating and difficult to talk about and just like draw attention to and like as a society, what are we going to do to fix this? How can we help these kids get out of these awful, awful situations? And um, But that's not touched on in the movie. No, all. not at all. One of the other aspects that I really took issue with when we were watching the interview with Larry Clark is he's talking about how, oh, he, he really worked hard with the actors to make sure they were okay with what they were going to be filming. And like, in the case of the guy who played Tate, he had a full year from when he took on the role to when they actually did that scene. And how everything was carefully planned so everybody would be as comfortable with everything as possible. But at the same time, like, you still have to think about the power dynamic that's going on between these unknown young actors who are about 18 and this guy, this film director who has successfully produced films. And you can't tell me that there is no small way that these actors could be influenced to go along with yeah with these scenes just out of wanting to be in something and thinking that it's okay and it's normal because they're being told it is by an adult who's much older than them who's got financial backing etc there's a power <laughs> dynamic there yeah. that is at work yeah and i think it, this gets into really tricky waters because I don't want to take away the agency of these actors at the same time. 18-year-olds are technically considered adults, but... But you hear it all the time, I mean, even about <sighs> actors who are, like, not um, teenagers, yeah. how they are forced to do scenes in films that they really don't want to do, but yeah. they have to do it. Like, Quentin Tarantino fucking made Uma Thurman do a really horrible scene that she was not comfortable with doing. Right, and, exactly. Like, and I'm sure... And Uma Thurman had such a career by that point. You know, people might look and say, oh, well, she had power to not do this. Well, maybe, maybe not. Obviously, she was coerced into continuing with this dangerous stunt and consequently has lifelong damage. And I mean, when you're so far into the production of a movie, yeah. you can't really just There's say... that pressure. Yeah, you can't say, no, I'm not going to do yeah. this because you're, like, threatening to... Up root everything that's been done so far and the livelihood of everybody who's working on the film not just yourself yeah and the director right i mean you're you're risking at at best you're risking delaying stuff like right significantly which is not something that especially independent movies i think have much leeway for sure to have happen yeah um so yeah it's just i mean this is kind of like a petty thing to say but just like looking at the, the interview with larry clark like he looks like a fucking sex creep um, he does, and and I can't say that any of the arguments he made to me ring true in terms of like he had to show this stuff, and it wasn't for shock value or it wasn't for some 
whatever sexual want on his side. Like, I, I can't believe it. He seems to enjoy, like, showing teenagers having sex a little too much is, and, is what I feel like. Yes, and, the, and you know, maybe I'm unfair calling bullshit on that. But you look at all the films that he has produced. And, and, and the books that he did, like the... And the books, yeah. Well, I mean, he, yeah, obviously the books as well and the photographs he... he would take because that, that's how he got started was like in, in the 70s he started by like publishing a couple of books of photographs uh that were pretty explicit but i think there's a difference when you're a peer of the people yeah versus with these films where he is obviously a full-grown adult for, and for sure his middle age yeah um so you know with the books it's maybe a little bit different for me because he knew those people they were contemporary yeah agreed but in any case... It's something that he never grew out of. He never grew out of it. He released a movie just last year with a bunch of fucking teenagers having sex. Like, every like, single so, fucking movie. He's 71 now, and he's yes. still doing the shit. And, and there, there was an interview that I read where the interviewer tangentially threw the idea out there that his movies, the, the way that scenes are shot, are kind of predatory. And he, like, he took great offense to that. And, like, in the interview that we watched, too, like, when the interviewer was talking about the the sex scenes, it's like, oh, you're getting hung up on the sex scenes an awful lot. That's just two scenes in the movie. And it's like... No, it's not. It's not... Yeah, it's not just two scenes, first of all. one thing. And and also, they're the the most visceral thing in the movie in a lot of ways. So, of course, people are going to fixate on that. It's not that... It's not the fact that people are, like so interested in talking about sex in films just in and of itself it's because of how you're presenting it and the way that you specifically are filming it and keeping it like how the film is edited and everything yeah it reminded me of like stephen king getting all up in arms about people talking about how fucking gross the uh, orgy scene in the sewer is with the kids at the end of it. He's like, why are people just so hung up on that? Like, maybe because it's fucking gross and you shouldn't have written it? Like, is there really no other way that that story could have been told without a bunch of boys, like, having sex with a girl? Yeah. In a sewer? Right. The, the interview that we watched with Larry Clark really seemed like, uh, like a predator trying to justify his actions to me. That's how it came across. Completely. I wish the interview, like the interviewer, had um, obviously English wasn't their first language. It seemed like a pretty amateur type thing. Too. Yeah, it was a very amateur type thing, and so I would like to see someone fucking grill this guy to try and get actual. I don't know that would get actual. I, I don't think he could. I don't. Yeah, answers yeah, from I, him, but yeah, Jesus Christ, it's the yeah. I mean, in the interview, the main interview that I looked at that talked about Ken Park pretty extensively. There, there's a quote where he was talking about how he had a traumatic, difficult adolescence and he was doing drugs and he was fucked up and he had psychological problems in, in his youth. And he kind of parlays that into justifying what he is doing now with the films. And he's like, this stuff is what I do and people like it. I hope I'm showing stuff and, you know, maybe... People learned some stuff they didn't know. Like, what are you going to learn from any of this? Like, right. Suburbia is fucked up. Like, there's kids who have relationships with their parents that are fucking awful and abusive and horrible. Like, I think no a lot of people already know that. And, and if they don't, there are ways of telling them that without fucking zooming in on an 18-year-old boy's penis or an 18-year-old girl's vulva. 
And then we're kind of just like getting hung up on the he's a creep thing. But man, he is a creep. He just yes. comes across as a creep. And going back to your point, like the last point you have here in the notes, you know how Clark keeps insisting that it's a serious film that shows how four families are mistreating children. However, in the cases of Tate, you never see Tate getting mistreated. Like, oh no, his grandfather's... Cheating at Scrabble. Cheating at Scrabble and his grandmother is trying to come into his bedroom, but she's like knocking at the door. It's and not like she's fruit. bursting in. And yeah, well, here's a here's a plate of fruit. And then Sean, we n- pretty much never see him with his family. It's always him at his girlfriend's. Yeah, and maybe he's talking house, about so like maybe it's his like, girlfriend's family is the abusive one, but that's not that doesn't really line up with the claim that he's making about right. the families of these kids. Yes. It's, so yeah, just he's got a lot of a lot of questionable attempts to explain what he's doing with the movie, and uh, I don't think I buy it. Yeah, agreed. If any of you have seen this movie and you think differently, chime off. Please chime off. Uh, in the in the comments. In the comments. <laughs> chime off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I guess that's that's all I think I really had to say. Yeah, I think that that sums it up. I, I think I'm done with this movie. Yeah, I think I'm just done with talking about it. Just like it, it's draining yeah. to talk about this movie and to think about it. It's just I'm exhausted. So I think we should probably just wrap it up for this episode. Agreed. And um, if you want to stay on top of our episode releases, you can always follow our Facebook page, Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. Uh, our, our website, Tara and Andrewverses.com. Also, uh, way to keep on top of what we're doing. And we're on Instagram, and that's pretty much it for social yeah, media. Yeah, we're, we're sporadically on Instagram. We're sporadically everything right now. So, <laughs> like, like, that's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, if you have any comments, if you want to send us some feedback on, on how we're doing, uh, you can always email us at Tara and Andrewverses at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'd like to hear from you if you've got anything to say. De- definitely. Um, want to say thank you to the band Boat for allowing us to use their song lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. Just want to say um, we are super excited to hear that they're working on a new album, and we'll keep you posted on any news about that. Yep, we, we will do an, uh, an unwarranted ad for the, the album. Yes, unwarranted. <laughs> un- unrequested. Unrequested, yeah. <laughs> uh... They can't stop us. <laughs> or maybe they can. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't just say anything ahead of time. Yeah, the boat are great. Check them out. And yeah, we're definitely looking forward to the new record album. Yeah. We'd also like to encourage everybody to support your local independent video stores. Seattle has Scarecrow Video, um, which is a treasure. Please, please do. If you have some, some bucks to spare, consider supporting them with that. And uh, I think that wraps it up. So until next time, catch catch you later, later, potato potato hags. hags.